millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Shen. And I'm Lei. And this is the Walnut Nat Podcast. This is so, a somber episode. A what? Somber. The tone. Right. Definitely. This is not going to be like one of our regular episodes. Yeah. Um, this is more going to be like a chit chat for, for us, really. <laughs> Word. Um, we thought it was really important with the climate of the world right now to discuss everything that has been going on and kind of unpacking our feelings. We were very hesitant at first to even chat about it, but we felt like it was really important for us to have this conversation and actually share this conversation with others or people that are following us or any audience that we have out there um, because it is important for us to use our voice as black women Mm -hmm. and black mothers to hear how we are feeling in this situation. And I felt like if we have a podcast and talk about everything else under the sun, it's really important to not push this subject under the rug. This should be on the forefront because this is our daily lives. Every day we are going to carry this with us forever. That's a lead in. To, to quickly piggyback, I think, you know, I'm, I was in the same camp. I think Shannon and I talked about it like a week and a half ago. We're like, nah, like we can't go there. And I think it was like, I just, I woke up one day and I said, I think it's like, it's imperative that we go there. If we're encouraging our, you know, non-white specifically, or sorry, not, not non-white, non-black, but specifically our white friends and colleagues to sit in discomfort and to get comfortable with discomfort and being on, you know, being um, just not to be intimidated by the circumstance. I feel like there's no way that in particular with this instance that we shouldn't practice what we preach. So I was like, we got to do this. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's emotional. It's draining, but it's important. So we got to do it. And we're doing it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you guys know about us now. You know that we're moms and you know that we've got two crazy but absolutely precious little baby girls. Um, and there is a difference. There's definitely a difference. Uh, the angst associated with raising black girls in this world is very different than it is raising black boys. Um, and not only raising black girls, or not only are we raising black girls, but we're raising black girls in Canada. And we know like nobody needs to uh you know be reminded that there is a major issue in Canada with systemic racism with anti-black racism it is a problem here for sure definitely is a severe problem in the U.S. and you know with that in mind the first person that I thought of when I thought like we got to have this conversation was my beloved sister friends Keisha who was raising the absolute like just the cutest, most precious little boy and raising him in New York City. So, I mean, she's, her and I have conversed quite a bit about it. And I just felt like, yeah, I needed to, I needed to have her on. It was important that we had her on. She needed to share, weigh in. So everybody, Keisha's here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you can tell Hi us everyone. I hope we're all having a blessed day, whatever we're doing. I'm a mom um, to a handsome little energetic fireball, Ashton. 
and <laughs> he'll be two in September. And yeah, like it's um it's been an it's been a ride, and it's yeah, yeah. it's been fun for sure, but trying at the same time. And the thinking of the future makes it even that more difficult. So um, I think you guys are right. This conversation needed to be had. And I feel like if you didn't have it, your listeners would be wondering, why didn't you have it? So it was important for you guys to have it. So thank you for bringing me on so you can get the American perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although I'm not American, I'm Canadian living in America, but it's still still definitely a different perspective from Canada. Sure. I think that makes your perspective even more rich, to be honest with you. Like, because sometimes I feel like it's like, you're like, not like, um, what do you call it? Like a spy. <laughs> Many ways you feel that way. <laughs> well, you're there like on a mission and you're just like coming back and reporting back to Canadians like, it's crazy. <laughs> are crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's um it's different i think leaving from canada even living in various countries over the world living in america is a completely different experience than anywhere else i've ever lived it's like i've never lived anywhere where i'm reminded of my blackness daily and i remember oh, when wow. i first moved here remember i told you leanne and i was like you can't forget that you're black in america yeah at all at all you cannot forget that you're black and that was that was that took a lot of getting used to because in canada i feel like you can go days and not even remember that you're you're black because no one is it's no one is bringing that to the forefront of the Mm -hmm. conversation or Mm -hmm. of anything really it's just within your community of course you know you are you are how you are with with your people but it's like it is, as soon as I step out the door, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I gotta be black today, whatever that means in America. So yeah, <laughs> but maybe that's, that's my perspective because I came from Canada, you know. Sure. So I feel like if I grew up here, I would have a different perspective. So it was hard in the beginning, but I'm getting used to it. But I think that that's that was- funny. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. That that's pretty funny that you say that because every person that. I've known in my life that has ended up moving to America, the first thing that they say is you no longer have like your identity. You have to become American. It was funny because when you said that to me, like I took it two ways. Like I remember when when we had that conversation and I'm like, wow, never being able to escape your blackness. And I thought about like how overwhelming that may be because it's just like, not that you ever want to, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's just a new reality for you. But then I also yeah. was envious because I feel like sometimes when I'm around my like black American family members, I always feel, I won't say that I don't feel like I'm black enough, but I just feel like yeah. understanding of who they are and, you know, the, the, the royalty that they come from and the regalness and the confidence. It's like, whoa, like, man, I didn't have that growing up. Like, I didn't really have that. I was proud yeah. of it, but I definitely went through waves. And, you know, I think maybe yeah. many of us can relate to growing up in, you know, more diverse communities where we really yeah. have our identity. But I feel like there's a stronger sense of Black identity that I've always sure. envied in Black Americans. Always. Even yeah. Little things. As, 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 like, I don't know if you guys had the same experience about, like, going into high school and feeling like as soon as you graduate, you're going to go to an American university because you wanted to go to an <laughs> I wanted to go to a black university so bad. Like, I'm like, oh, HBCU. Like, yeah. amazing. like, I wanted to like, you know, pledge to like a yeah, sorority. Like I had that kind of, um, that aspiration because I was so envious of that level of black pride. So and we grew up on college Hill. You remember that TV show? The sure show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure so definitely. That was, uh, that made it look even more enticing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, for sure. Come on in. Well, how do I sign up? Until I saw what it would cost. Like until I saw what an American's tuition was, and then I saw what an international stu- like student's tuition was. Oh it's lord, crazy! It is. It's crazy. a no. It's literally <laughs> a down. It's it's a mortgage, is what it is. Your Seriously. mortgage is your education. Um. But anyways, let's uh segue into today's episode. So I mean, <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock, you are unaware of what's happening in the world which is, and it's so exciting to finally say that because it literally is a global revolution that's taking yeah. Um, But it, 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 we're, we're out of space now and we still have a long way to go, but we're out of space where we're, we're seeing little, um, little 
just like trinkles of, of, of hope and, and yeah. of, of happiness. Uh, but there's still a lot of weight and a lot of sadness. So we're going to break this episode up into three parts. First, mm-hmm. let's talk about the kinds of the things that are happening, the things that have happened that are weighing heavy on our hearts. And then we're going to segue into things that, you know, we're happy about or we're thankful for or we're proud of. And then last, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about things that we're hopeful for. Because I think over the last 24 to 48 hours, it's the most hopeful that I've been in a long time. So yeah. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the things that we could potentially look forward to. So definitely start off. You can lead us in. So as you should be aware of, if you are on the internet, um, in these recent days, um, Oh, Lord, some <laughs> tragic that, you know, I, I, I'm going to start it off with saying like, this is it's so difficult to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it just like makes me so upset. And like a part of this is the hardest part about talking about this is because you go through a million emotions in one conversation. Mm-hmm. You're outraged. You're sad. You're depressed. You feel helpless. And then you feel scared because you're a mother, you have children, you have family members. Mm-hmm. And let's just go into George, George Floyd. This, this video circulated on the internet um, where he was being detained by the police and it escalated for no reason, escalated where on camera in broad daylight in front of a crowd, he was murdered murdered by the police for some reason and this is for me was like the straw that broke the camel's back for me mm-hmm. i don't know what it is and it was probably most people that i talked to about the situation it was they had the same sentiment they don't know what it was about this one particular thing but they had enough and this i feel like this was the breaking point for black people as a community worldwide yeah and to see something like that on the internet, like when you really unpack that, we had to watch somebody die, an innocent person die, and people expect that we're going to move on to the next thing. This is not normal. It's not, yeah, it's not no. okay. You, but you know why they do okay. that? They do that because this is, we watched Ahmaud Arbery die on camera too, and this mm-hmm. outrage wasn't there. So right. we, I've been talking about this with my husband too, like what is so different about this situation? And I, think, I feel like it's because it's a buildup. First, it was the Mod Arbery. Mm-hmm. Then it was Amy Cooper in New York mm-hmm. call, threatening to call the the um the cops on the guy that was birdwashing. I think his name is Christian. And then mm-hmm. this, and then what? For especially as a mom, the part that got you is when he started calling up for his mom, who isn't even yeah. alive. So right. that alone is like okay, a grown man, <laughs> and pleading yeah, for his life, pleading for his life, and calling for his mother, his his mother who is no longer living. So. Mm-hmm. that's definitely a lot as a mom especially as sure. a parent in general you you touched on that point um by saying it was a buildup of a lot of things in a short period of time it was mm-hmm. yeah. seeing those videos surface one after the other and i don't know if it's because we're home or i'm on quarantine i'm yeah. already very emotion emotional i feel heightened yeah, it was just watching those videos. It was like, t- how many tears, tears mm-hmm. after tears after tears, until it's a point where, why should I cry now? Why exactly. should I? Why? Why am I crying? I am now upset. I'm yeah. pissed off. This is not okay because at the end of the day, I could swap any of those people's faces for mine, for Liz, mm-hmm. for yours, for my brothers, for my husband, for my child. At this point, I'm going to be like, you know what? This shit ain't going to pop no more. I'm upset. This has to do something to somebody to keep continuously watch people die that, that looks like you and nobody cares. Trust me. This, this, it's not okay. It's, it's not okay. And this was, of course. So this, is, this was the moment where I think started getting upset. People started using their voice. People started coming together, and I think specifically to white people because if they didn't start mm-hmm. this, I feel like the black people would have been outraged 
not that we would stop being outraged or whatever, but I feel the fact that they're being so supportive right now, it's pushing the movement even further, which is what we've been asking for all along, really, is acknowledgement that this is happening. I also think that we as Black people started calling people out. I think before we were posting and letting things slide or pushing things under the rug or even saying, you know, People will be people. People don't understand. But at this point, it's like, listen, if you can see this video and not be upset, then there's something like you're the problem. And yeah. it got to the point where we have to start calling out everybody. Call out the government, call mm-hmm. out the prosecutors, call out your non non-black friends. It starts right here. Like this is my life, my community, my circle. If if you aren't here for human life then I can't rock with you. I agree with you. I think I think that video was so alarming and I haven't seen the video and I think it's like I've been very vocal about like my position and on watching uh, videos of black people dying. It's something that I've never done. I have not seen Philando Castile. I've not seen Amon Arbery's. I have not seen, like all I need is the, the still or the story. Or yeah. The still of the story is fine for me. Like that is enough for me to get the gravity of what has transpired. Mm-hmm. I've spoken very openly and I, I, I've scaled back a bit because I feel like people need to see it for different reasons. There, there, yeah. I shouldn't say there isn't value in that, in, in perhaps the circulation of that kind of content. There is a very real part of me that feels like that is a form of oppression in and of itself. It is mm-hmm. violence in and of itself. And it is, it, it's very... Um, it's, it's very targeted because no other race of people have to watch that. They just don't. No. Other race of people can easily, with a swipe of the finger, watch someone that looks like their mother, brother, cousin, uncle, dad die. Nobody else has to do that the way that we do. And I feel the ramifications of that are, we have yet to see them, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. This is a video age, right? So we've yet to see mm-hmm. what that's doing, but I think I am concerned about what that's doing to us. So that's my take on that. However, in in line with what you've said, the video was alarming for a multitude of reasons. Because it's law enforcement. These are people that we're supposed to protect. They're in uniform. Yeah. We know that like three, right. like those retired cops. We know that Brianna Taylor, unfortunately, I mean I shouldn't say unfortunately, but there isn't a video, so there isn't like that visual. Um we know that and Amy Cooper, like I mean, it was again, it was a civilian, but I think seeing them in uniform was shocking seeing the man like the 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 actual um assailant do what he did but also the other cop stand there standing there thing that like really like nonchalant well it really did it was like because it to to that i think it was important because it almost was like a mirror it was a foil if you Mm -hmm. do nothing you're them yeah you say nothing you are them (laughs) You mm-hmm. these cops who are saying and doing yeah. nothing. That's you if you don't move. If this doesn't move, mm-hmm. that is you. So you see how uncomfortable you are watching them? That's how uncomfortable Black people are watching you. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. you have to move because how can you not? And I think the other piece too, and I, when I, when I, I felt it when I saw the still, and I was just like so moved. And I have, you know, he's a controversial figure and I, and I have my concerns with him. But I feel like Al Sharpton, he articulated so perfectly. Oh, no. Sharpton? Yeah. Yeah, Sharpton. Bishop mm-hmm. Sharpton. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And he said yeah, at the that... memorial, he's like, all that was, was a visual record. Visual, yes. What black people have been experiencing their entire, entire yeah. lives. Their whole goddamn lives, we have had white necks, um, white knees on our necks. That's yep. When we've tried, literally, when they stuck us in schools that we were way, way too educated to be in, that's a when we try and get a job and we can't get it because of our color, that's the foot on our neck. When we can't get a job, and your name on our neck. When we can't get a job, when we, like there, there, there is like legitimately the having a knee on your neck is something that all black people can speak to globally because anti-black right. racism is not American. Exactly. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I think that that was the other thing for black people. It was just like this is my life. Like, yeah. side of the fact that this could be me, truly, in all areas of my life, this is me. <laughs> this is me. 
trying, mm-hmm. telling, telling you I can't breathe, telling you I can't take it, telling you I need more, asking for help, pleading for humanity, and everybody else standing around thinking like, hmm, 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 hmm. And I think the last thing that wheeled people in too was the presence of the Asian officer. That was important because I feel like it took it out of being a white and black issue. Yes, there is white privilege. Yes, we need white accountability. Yes, there is issues with the, you know, you know, anti-black racism, particularly why white people are concerned because they are in a position of power. However, <laughs> other minorities have discriminated against black people for ages and have slipped yeah. radar. Like a yeah. conversation about race and racism, Asians and other people from other communities like step back and like they oh, remove themselves. Yeah. Out. Let's let them duke this out. And it's like, no, we're not duking this out. You're in this too. <laughs> like, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of anti-Blackness in the Asian community as well. Thank you. Like, yeah. there is, it's ridiculous the amount of anti-Blackness that's in the Asian community. And even me teaching online, teaching um, the students, yes. like, sometimes they'll leave comments, oh, next time I don't want a Black teacher. And some of them will even go as far as using the N-word. And I'm like, really? And I, I've had conversations with my students before, like, why do you guys not like black people? And one of them told me that, oh, because black people are dirty. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what do you mean? And, and I'm like, this is what your parents are teaching you? And essentially, yes, that's what their parents are teaching Jeez. them today. Of course. Jeez. Yeah, in 2020. Course. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I see you. And it's, I just, it's just a lot every day. And I think that's another thing that really pushed it over the edge because black people are tired. There's no other way to put it. No other way to put it. You're tired. You're just, you're every, I, at one point I was counting and it was like every three months, I think it was in 2006, the same year that um, Philando Castile died. It was like every three months there was a police shooting killing an un, unarmed black man. And I, when I found shooting. out, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm just like to your point or one that made the news. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But they don't all make the news. That's mm. exactly what people are saying. What about the ones that don't even make the news? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when I found out that I was pregnant, of course, super excited. And I prayed, oh my God, you know, I want a daughter because <laughs> <laughs> for various reasons. And I, had a, I found that I was having a son. I was still very excited. But at the same time, the anxiety that reached me Mm-mm. was like wow okay the thought of raising a black son in america i'm not even going to exaggerate i literally cried when i found that i was having a son because i'm like how am i going to do this and then people saying to me oh why don't you just move back to canada as if that is going to it's not less severe in canada but at the same Mm -hmm. time i don't feel like in 2020 i gotta be running around the world trying to find somewhere to safe harbor my child no right sanctuary country we were just talking about that i shouldn't have to be running Mm -hmm. around the world and that's a conversation lay and i lay and i were having um earlier today um when we were saying that white people don't even realize their privilege where if we have children we don't think about it's so exciting to see see them grow up and make mistakes and boys will be boys no (laughs) our reality is how will i raise this child now to navigate through life so they do not inconvenient a white person exactly and maybe that will save their life you know what i mean oh my god like uh, and uh, how like when do you start having this, these conversations with your kids because apparently when you're when you're black you definitely have to have it earlier than if the child is white you have to start having that conversation much earlier prepping them for the world and it's like okay how about we just stop being racist to avoid this extra headache of parenting because yeah. parenting on a whole is just hard so you're yeah. adding this on it now and it's like it doesn't matter what you say if you're not doing anything to help to fix the situation. Yeah, you can say, you know what, racism is bad, but what are you doing? How are you going to raise your kids so they're not discriminating against my child? Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? So that's these are the conversations, these are the things that people need to be doing because these next generation of kids shouldn't have the problems that we're having right now. They just shouldn't. I read a, a quote about that, um, and it was a mom, and I, I, I'm, like, I'm loosely paraphrasing, but essentially it was to the point of... Um, you know, I'm really frustrated with this like sensationalized question that people keep asking black mothers. Like, what do you say to your son to prepare them, protect them from the police or protect them from being killed? And she's like, and I have not a clue why people aren't approaching white mothers and asking them what kinds of conversations do they have with their kids to prevent them from killing people? 
<laughs> and it's 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 heavy. It's a heavy question. Um, it's somewhat accusatory because again, it makes yeah. that like. But I but the but the sentiment of the question is fair. It's like mm-hmm. teaching your kids about like about other people. How are mm-hmm. you your kids to love? If you are teaching your your children to love, I don't have to treat um, to teach my child to fear. It's just that instant. Yeah. That's exactly. All. Exactly. <laughs> my kid doesn't have to be afraid if all exactly. people. So that like that's it. So if you're so mortified by what's happening, then teach your kids to love. So black kids don't have to live. In yep. Period. It's just like it's simple because it's too. It's too. It, you would it, think it's simple. <laughs> Anything that that seems too simple is usually hard uh, for whatever right? reason, and I don't even understand why. <laughs> Because in 2020, I shouldn't have to be thinking about these things. Like, even just thinking about, we want to do a road trip across America. I remember I was in, before I moved back to, before I moved here, when I was in Abu Dhabi, I was talking to one of my coworkers. She's from New Zealand. And I was saying to her, you know, we want to do a road trip. And this was before we had Ashton. And I'm like, I'm a bit scared to go into the South, though. And she, I'm like, places like Alabama and places like that. But I'm like, I really want to go because of the history. So she's like, why? Why are you scared? And I was like, because I'm black. <laughs> She's like, so? I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I had to explain to her. And she said, oh, wow. She's like, see, I would never think about that. I'm like, yeah, because you're not black. So you don't have to think about those things. These are the things we think about when we're planning a vacation. Is it safe to go here? And this is in the so 21st exactly. century. How is this even a conversation? Yeah. When we wanted to move to Atlanta, my husband was like, um, well, I don't really know because the gun laws in Texas, the gun laws are like, <laughs> we can carry anybody go to Walmart, buy a gun. And these are the things we have to think about when we're thinking about moving somewhere because there are real and imminent threats in these places. So I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, just, let's just stay in New York. Just, let's be done. Let's just stay in New York. This is close to Canada. Right. <laughs> It's close it's enough. It's crazy. It's actually so crazy to think of how complex our lives our lives are just in order for us to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to live. Just to yeah. live somewhat free. Quote unquote. Free. Because of uh-huh. because of an attribute you had no control over. No. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the little girl, the one that was seen uh protesting. She's so cute. I think they actually finally got her name. And it was like one of my friends had commented, like, look at this. This little girl should be fighting over toys. She be people fighting over snacks. She should be mm-hmm. she should not be fighting for the right to breathe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The next time like you enter a room or a conversation and someone has the audacity to tell you that racism is a thing of the past, white privilege is not a thing. Remember this little girl who is screaming her heart out because she wants to be able to grow old. What? Yep. It's crazy. And that kind of leads me into one of the things that bothers me is black female lives. Because I feel like, you know, and again, it's a weird, it's a, it's a tough conversation to have because I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to take away or I'm trying to diminish or I'm not grateful because despite how horrific, what, like what George Floyd experience was like, atrocious however it sparked a revolution so there's power in what we witnessed there he was a martyr i just feel like black female lives get lost like yeah, it gets lost in the noise. Are, you know black they do they just get lost black females their lives are taken by the cops too more often than not like Brianna Taylor's all over the web today because it's her birthday. Just that, that's mainly it because it's her birthday. Yeah. Like, that's why, that's why it's all justice for Brianna. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people haven't been posting because some people have some, I've seen hashtags, but the noise is not as loud. And it could be because there's no video, maybe. Yeah. That's why. Sandra Bland's noise was louder. I'll say that. But I just think, I, I think that that's a problem that we also would be, um, it's a danger not to acknowledge that. It's dangerous if we don't, because it, especially mm-hmm. black women, it is dangerous if we fail to acknowledge the fact that like we, I feel like what women spearhead revolutions for black, for men. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Forever, for everybody, but I, I really do want, I don't want to believe that what Malcolm X said about black women being the most disrespected creatures on the planet should be true. And sometimes I feel like that's, not sometimes, most times I feel like that's the case. I started seeing a few posts like that on mm-hmm. online, maybe in the past few days. Um, there was one particular tweet that someone posted and I'm paraphrasing because I don't quite remember what it says, but it was definitely, um, around the gist of them saying, um, black men, please remember who was on the front lines campaigning for your lives. Yes. I posted that. The next time you want to say that we are problematic and have an attitude. Yeah. And yeah, I, I saw that too, and I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like this. Let me see if I can go find that screenshot and blow it up and get it printed a little bit in my living room. Yep. I saw it, and I'm like, okay, this is definitely a repost because, I mean, it's like there's all these excuses as to why Black women shouldn't be respected. Like, they're, they're too strong. They're too this. They're too that. I mean, we have to be. Like, as I said before, we are the mothers of the world. We're fighting not only for our black selves, black men, we're fighting for everybody. Because when you look at it, if even when the whole um, coronavirus thing started and Trump was making all of these statements about China and being, um, being racist towards um, Asians and all that stuff. And when you looked at the comments in the shade room, it was all black women saying, oh, this is racist. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't, this mm-hmm. is discriminatory. And all. I'm like where are these voices now to fight for us mm-hmm. when we need it? They're, they're quiet. You can hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. unappreciated, but we still fight. That's the, if that's not a mother, I don't know what is. <laughs> right? <laughs> if that's not a mother, I don't know what is. Like the most, like it's so selfless and, yeah, it's it, it's it's yeah, it's it's just hard. So like, I think that that's something that I'm really going to try and do. I know that um, like, as, especially as an educator, I'm really gonna go back in September, whatever that looks like, with a with like a, a really a renewed perspective on how I want to approach teaching and learning. And I just have to make sure that like you know, because already teachers are talking about how do we elevate voices, how do we get black this and black that and all this other great black stuff and I think that that's phenomenal but I still have to make sure that it's like we need black female voices we need black queer voices we need like there needs to be a space to to acknowledge and recognize different variations of black people (laughs) because I feel like we're falling to the wayside like we just fall into the wayside and it's really really it's really sad and I because I feel like those are tips and I say but outside of the fact that, like, you know, I have my own perspectives and, and feelings um, about the queer community and, and, and why, you know, fighting for those rights are important to me. But I feel like those are the Black men that are fighting for Black women. It is Black queer men. Those mm-hmm. that I feel like yeah. are, voicing, are, are speaking up about the fact that, like, yo, like, are you guys failing to acknowledge? It's not. It, unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, it is not, more often than not, not cisgendered Black men who are saying, like, what about the ladies? Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Like, it's just these the queer Black men that are saying, what about the women? So we need to make sure, as Black women, that we remember that. Um, and that, yeah, we, we try and elevate our voices and, and you know, and, and highlight our, our truths because, like, it's important. Um, I think that would kind of segue into me um, going into my point of what I'm happy about. What I'm happy seeing right now in this movement, I think this whole situation has disrupted people's lives. Mm-hmm. 
whole situation has opened not only a lot of non-black people's eyes but a lot of black people's eyes as well it's yes and i think a lot in a canada because i feel like we have had this narrative that racism wasn't that bad here mm-hmm. or wasn't here really even though there's a long history of racism but i think this whole situation has even caused the black people to face their blackness Mm, and kind of really see like yo i'm showing myself and i'm seeing myself for who i really am and what am i doing for my people what what are we here for what what um how am i pushing this movement forward but you know everyone has that journey and i think this was a force a forced awakening for black people people that didn't want to see themselves and people that have seen themselves and have kind of gave people a second wind and are and they're ready to fight again (laughs) they're ready to fight again we are charged up and we're ready to go and i think i'm a bit happy with seeing black people reconnecting with their community Mm -hmm. we are putting each other on a pedestal and like you said you'd love to see black women more seen but i think this moment has had us reconnect with each other in such a special way where everyone is like i see you i feel you i hear Mm -hmm. you we are feeling this together as black people and that's what i'm appreciating and loving right now so much because we are just holding it down for each other yes someone wasn't even with the movement like that before they're like you know what this is who i am and like this is how i'm going to be forever and they're facing who they are and they're you gotta kind of have to pick a side at this point. Like you're forced <laughs> to pick a side. Yeah. yeah. You can't just be, you know, out and about anymore. <laughs> you black. Yeah. You gonna be black, and to everybody else, you black. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There's no room for neutrality. No. True. It really isn't because doing nothing is equally as harmful at this point. Exactly. It really true. Is. Yeah. So I'm really happy to see that we are campaigning for each other and supporting each other and kind of pushing our black community to the forefront. Um, I was loving Blackout Tuesday, you know, shouting out all these black owned businesses, Mm -hmm. connecting with people that I would never probably find in a long time or finding resources of black um, businesses that I can support and I can start putting my money into and, you know, buying black and, it yeah. was really refreshing for me to connect even more to my community. So that's what I'm thankful for right now in this whole movement. So good. And the fact that that's continued, because I see it. Mm-hmm. I'm still seeing I'm still seeing it. Okay. And yeah. to big influencers are like, okay, black barbers, go. Black electricians, go. Black actors, yep. go. Black. It's just like, this is, and it's just like, I was telling you today, I'm like, I just feel like, there is no no area there is no industry there is no that we have not tapped into we're there we are there we may not know it but we are there and this is our opportunity to see it every single thing you need black dentist black chiropractor we we exist so it's is the time to find them and to blow up like to blow them up it is the time now is there a black eyebrow person? Because <laughs> there's t- tons. <laughs> I, I, I need one. <laughs> you can tip them. They can dye them. They can. That's the only thing them. I'm missing. <laughs> they are everywhere. It's cool, and I think it's important that we do this because we've been saying yeah. it for a long time. Every other community group does it. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Yeah. All the other community groups, they do it. So it, it makes no sense yeah. that we don't. In every country, there's a little India, there's a little Italy, there's a mm-hmm. little um, China, there's a little everything, everything, little everything, but there's never any little anything pertaining to blackness. Exactly. There's no, I mean, they say Eglinton is little Jamaica, but it's literally like a few blocks when in other mm-hmm. areas, it's large areas of, and these people go and they fraternize in those communities and they spend their monies in those communities. And they buy in those communities and they, and they exactly. start businesses in those communities. The money stays in those they communities. Build. Yeah, and they that's build that community. Build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? the construction just puts people off and it's putting a lot of people out of business. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But what about you, Keisha? What do you think that, I mean, if you could find a glimmer of positivity, what would it look like? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because if you asked me this question last week on my birthday, I would have been like, I'm thankful to be alive, but I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to think of anything else. That day was just so somber for me because I never, ever, ever watched the videos for the very reason why you say Leanne. But before I watched it, I didn't know that he was actually going to pass away on the video. So I watched it and it was just, it was just heavy. The whole, my, my birthday was heavy. Like I was saying to you, Leanne, like every time I, I see one of those faces, I see my son's face because at any given time, he's going to become a threat and that could be his face. So that break, it breaks my heart every single time. But what am I thankful for? Definitely thankful that the world is stepping up. I feel like that's mm-hmm. making me the most excited about this movement because the world is watching. So America, what you got next? What are you going to do next? Okay. So I'm mm-hmm. very thankful for that. And I'm, I'm thankful at the, the perspective or the perspective that Ashton might have a chance in a world where his blackness is not so terrifying to people. It's not so threatening to people. So those things definitely get me a little bit excited, but of course, one, one step at a time, baby steps, but I'm so grateful that people are out there putting in the legwork. I would love to go protest, but the way my life is set up right now, I can't make it out there, especially with Ashton. (laughs) But I want to go out there. So in his history class, he can see that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mommy and daddy put in the work and I was there too. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately with this, global pandemic yeah but yeah i'm just thankful that the whole world and everyone is taking part it's not just a black issue anymore it's a humanity issue mm-hmm. yeah amen screenshot all your donations uh <laughs> confirmation pages and all your posts mm-hmm. <laughs> I, need to I know i should go back well i have an email i have them in my email <laughs> That'll work. And I have I have the videos because when they're marching uh, um, on the highway outside my window, we take videos and all that stuff. So when you see me posting those protest videos, it's literally outside my window. I Leon couldn't believe it. He could not. Uh, he was like, that was that was that wasn't like something like that was outside from like from her yeah. from her condo. She took that. He was like, holy crap, crazy. It's the crazy. whole highway shut down. Everything shut down. They just no justice, no peace. So it's really nice to watch. It is. I think it's very empowering, and it's very hopeful. To it see is. That. Yeah. It really is. I think to your point, like I feel like I'm have I'm I'm grateful for the same thing, but I'm I'm grateful for it on a smaller scale. Like that in my scope of friends, that where I have non-black friends, particularly white friends, that they have um, woken up. So, like, yeah. I read a meme today that said, you know, hey, white friends, remember when we said, like, you're cool, you're down, you're invited to the cookout? This is the cookout. <laughs> 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 it's true. Like, this is it. Yes. This is you're it. welcome. Pull yeah. up. You so, coming? <laughs> you're coming. Um, and, you know, it's crazy. Like, I, I'm so grateful because I think I was making – I was very vocal uh, towards like the end of last week about wanting my friends to show up for me. I'm like non-black friends, specifically my white friends. And, and there were like, there were two or three that I had in mind that I consider truly good friends. I invite to like to family functions and stuff like that. So very close to me. And they've all, one of them I feel like was already like, you know, very much involved, but there were two that I was waiting for and I was holding and they they've shown up they've shown up they've acknowledged their tardiness but they're so eager and and um, excited and you know to share and to learn and there is so much humility too in their approach where it's like you know they're 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 for feelings that I assumed that they had felt but that I wasn't sure so one of my friends sent me a 12-minute video mm-hmm. in that video she talked about um you know, all of these feelings and going through a roller coaster of emotions. And she's like, it's crazy because I, she's like, I was so fixated on, I saw your post and I saw what you were posting, but I didn't react because I'm like, that's not me. I'm not a racist. I know I'm not a racist. So she's not talking to me. And I feel like white people were very fixated on being anti-racist or sorry, on being non-racist. 
but they were not focused on being anti-racist, right? Yeah. So in this case, like, you know, my friend was very fixated on what she was not. So she's like, I'm not responding because I'm not that. I don't know how to react because I'm not that. And mm-hmm. finally, you know, during Blackout Tuesday, she's like, I'm going to post this black picture and I'm going to do some work. And she's like, and I started looking inward. I'm like, today I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to look inside and think about, okay, like, you know, but I'm not this, but what might Leanne be feeling? What might she be concerned about? What might her role? And she just started doing some work, started doing some research. And she's like, my God, like there are a number of things that I don't experience that Leanne probably experiences every day. This is what she's to acknowledge. There are a number of things Leanne worries about for Leon. For y'all, mm-hmm. that I will never worry about my spouse, that I will never think of her when it comes to my children, that Leanne is very much concerned about. There are things she just started yeah. with emotions and she essentially did what we teach children, our children to do, which is build empathy. To understand, yeah. like, you know, to know that I don't understand, but I'm going to stand with you nonetheless. Yeah. 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 And I put myself in your shoes. Exactly. And I sent her a response because it was, again, it was so heartfelt. And she talked about like, you know, being defensive and, you know, then feeling guilty and then feeling shame and then not knowing how to come out of that sense of shame and being humiliated by not saying anything and just going through it. And then just realizing that like, that's all ego. I got to own up to it. And I got, I have to, mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. validate my feeling. And she did that. And it was so moving. We've been friends for 30 years and it was greatest representation of our friendship i said that to her i'm like this is what friendship is and i said what i was looking for was not for you to tell me what you weren't but for you to tell me what you are you are Mm -hmm. not this so don't tell me what you're not tell me you are an ally tell me that because you know what i mean that's more powerful to me and she gets it now and i you know i've recommended a couple books like for her to read but the other thing that she's asked me not to do which i appreciate too because that's taxing and that's work and that can be oppressive too, is what do I do? Where do I go now? What should I read? How can I, she hasn't approached it that way. It's very much like I'm reading these things. If you have any other recommendations, shoot them my way, but I'm going to start doing some research. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just, I feel like we've been friends forever and we've gone through different things together and we've shared really intimate things. And I feel like I've never like been closer to her, if that makes any sense. Mm, Yeah. Part of, I didn't realize it was to Shen's point. It's like, I feel like we were like almost like blocking off parts of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, and so it was a wake up call to me too. It's just like, you're not really being authentic in your non-black friendships. Yeah. Because you, t- you try to tone it down. You, yeah. You don't want to say anything. Yeah. It, it, it's hard. Even within your, 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 the community of friends that you have, even though you're friends, even though for a long time, you still feel the need to tone your blackness when you're around mm. people who are non-black. And that's unfortunate because we're dope and you need to experience all of us. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I said, I'm like, that. oh, black people wear crisis well. We wear trauma well. What yeah. else? What else could we do? It's true. We were raised that way and we have our strength. Like I said this week, it's unmatchable. I don't care what anybody says. No. The strength no. of a black person is unmatchable. Can't top it. <laughs> we cannot top it. I don't think Can't. any other race could deal with the things that we deal with on a daily basis and still be so functional. I think about that Google video that they released for Black History Month. Most research this, most top this, most this, and it's yeah. just, just hitting all these numbers in spite yeah. of everything. Yeah. So it is, it is truly a blessing. It's a blessing. This guy said, uh, you know, damn, it's exhausting to be Black. And someone's yeah. like, oh, friend, correction, it is not an exa- it's not exhausting to be Black. It's dope to be Black. It's a yeah. Live in a world that doesn't recognize it. I don't. Yeah, I'm just. I'm proud of us in every single way. I'm proud of us because we are a. We're resilient. Let's put it that way. We are resilient. We are. That's a and that's a perfect segue into what we're hopeful for. So Shen, looking into the future, and doesn't have to be far. Maybe even the immediate future, next year, next couple of years. What are you hoping? will happen what are you hoping to see um i'm just gonna keep it simple and i'm just hoping that the conversation continues Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that uh we keep that fire we continue to stand up for ourselves i hope that white people continue to do the research and try to understand who we are as a people i hope white parents 
begin to teach their children tolerance mm -hmm. and respect for all humans. I hope that, uh, I'm just hoping that we are able to move forward and move forward the steps to take so that we can be, be equals. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Be equal, be seen. <laughs> Be considered a part of the human race. Oh my gosh. Just be considered a part of the human race. And that's what I'm yeah. hopeful for. I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that my daughter can just live her, her life, her future life, <sighs> seeing the world that we lived in as history. Right. Amen. Facts. History, but still her story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about yeah. you? For me, okay, for the immediate future, a new president. Lord, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, an, what an honest wish. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think America could survive another four years with the man that's in the White House right now. I honestly don't think that it's, they could do four years and come back, but eight years, that's a lot. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I'm I like, like, um, Chanel said, mm -hmm. I am hopeful that the conversation keeps going, that this is not just uh, Instagramable, Instagramable moment or the, the cool thing to do right now. And when everybody goes back to their regular scheduled programming, meaning when quarantine is over and we're all back mm -hmm. working and all this stuff, that these conversations are still happening. And I'm mm -hmm. hopeful that people, non-Blacks, have these conversations with their kids. Like, sit down and if you want to have a round table and everybody express how they feel then then if that's what you need to do then do it whatever you need to do to get over this hump and to feel for and to be accepted sorry to show us that we are accepted and valued as functioning members of the society because we are mm -hmm. do it do it because i'm i'm fearful for my son's future if these conversations stop I'm not going to run away despite what everybody says because I could go somewhere else and the same thing could happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm just hopeful mm -hmm. for change. Amen. Me too. I think, you know, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll leave your, the sentiments that you guys have both expressed because I think like you guys have, you know, you have, have said it beautifully and I, I couldn't possibly say it any better. And I'm hopeful for those things too. I think yesterday having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine who's non-black and we started talking about, um, you know, anti-indigenous racism and we got into a real discussion there and I started doing a little bit of research on my, on, on my own. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm hopeful for is that like this collective global support for the black community that I'm so grateful for, that I know that we need, that is long overdue that that level of support and, and, and allyship is extended to our indigenous, uh, you know, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. There is a real problem. Yes. Yes. A very real problem with people, uh, with, with, you know, with anti-indigenous racism also globally, but specifically mm -hmm. in this country, Canada. Yeah. major, major, major work is overdue i mean nasty water in flint yeah. nastier water in atawapiskat like being priced out of nutritional goods yesterday i read an article where they, the, a teacher was talking about the fact that her kids often don't have breakfast or dinner and she can tell because if they don't have breakfast they're like wild and crazy if they don't have both they're sleeping and she's mm -hmm. So like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? What can you do? What, 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 what is there to eat at home? Is there anything to eat? And they're like, there isn't much. So right now we're eating paper. There are kids in 2020 in this country who are consuming paper to keep themselves alive. Mm -hmm. So my hope is that black people recognize that, yo, we also, we also need to extend the hand back. Mm -hmm. We do. Yeah. We have learning to do too. Because I told Leon that, and he was like, "What? Mm -hmm. There's so much learning to do, and so much work to be done. And granted, you know, you know, rest in peace to Regis. 
But more, and yes, she is an, you know, an, uh, she's an Afro-Indigenous woman, but the number of Indigenous people were, that were at that rally, the number of Indigenous people that are at the Black Mat, there's tons of them there. We gotta show up for them. Yeah. We have to. But you know what? Show up for them. They're, they're, they're like Canada's best kept secret. Because Seriously. when yeah. when people hear about Canada, they would they don't think anything about racism and stuff like that. And the only difference between racism and American racism is that Americans will tell you to their, tell you to your face, like, like yeah. what you said. It needs a more um, front page approach. Of course, no one talks about it. So no, a lot of people don't know about it. They do not know about it. They don't. Yeah. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't. I, 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 and, Say this to take away from our moment because we need this yeah. moment. <laughs> we need it. We need this moment. We need this moment. But there is still in this in the same way that we're demanding that non-black people learn, indigenous people have the right to make the same demand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Indigenous people have some learning to do because there is work to be done. And I've realized that that experiencing racism is horrific. But being invisible is even freaking scarier. Yeah. yeah. And they're invisible. But I think that that was a great, that was a great episode. I'm really happy. I'm so glad with what we did here. I thought for sure mm-hmm. we were going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> so, kudos to us for not crying. I know. For sure. I feel like if this was last week, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be able to even speak because. Be a hyperventilation conversation. Time. Yeah, like I can't count how many times things like this happen and I message Leanne and tears are just running down my face because I'm like I can't believe I'm like God how is this still happening like what's up like pull up God now now it's time to pop in God pull up not God pull up up. because this this God coming to the match Jesus (laughs) if what if what's happening right now is not God I don't know what is this is God. Because you look mm-hmm. at the thing, how the year has been playing out. We were thinking that 2020 is rough. No, 2020 is our comeback story. Okay? Yeah. 2020 is it. God's up. That's why, you know, that's God. But no, you're so right. Like, this year, this is the year. This is the year for shifting. This is the year. This, this is, I like, can feel everything shifting. Everything. Definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be yep. alive. <laughs> and, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. I encourage you, ladies, and everyone else listening to journal. So, in the future, when your grandkids can look back and get firsthand, um, firsthand notes on how you were feeling at the time, and you never know how it will be beneficial to them in the future. So, I should take my I own actually advice. I that yeah. idea. That is a I really good idea. idea so much. Scrapbook or whatever you do. Neither am I, but I'm gonna. I, I make notes from the coronavirus started. I make notes about how I'm feeling, what's going on, because I know I know my mind. I'm very critical. But when in the future, when Ashton grows up and he's in history class, I want to give him um, primary information. We lived it. We've lived through a lot. You know, maybe <laughs> I'll do so voice and email them to yeah, myself. Voice recordings, yeah, or do mm. video, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that so much. Good. I'm yeah, it was good. Nice. Thank I'm you happy. guys for inviting me. This. It was lovely speaking with you ladies, and um, I hope we all stay blessed and safe. In this stay world safe. We're living in right now. Right. Yeah. Well, we well. love you, and I'm so grateful for you and for sharing your perspective and for just weighing in because it matters. Like black male, black male, black mother, black moms matter. I feel like I want that to be mm-hmm. the name of the episode. Black moms matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and our voices matter, and our you know our experiences and our woes and our concerns. So I just I, I'm really so I'm so grateful that you took the time to do this, and I'm glad that we we stepped outside of ourselves and you know did this because it's it's a perspective that needs to be heard. Um, right. I'm glad, and I'm excited. With that being day. said, friends, nap time is over, and we'll see you in our next episode. Freedom, freedom, I can't move. Freedom, cut me loose. Keep on running cause the winner don't quit on themselves. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.